Hello and welcome to Beginning, Middle, End, the podcast where we talk to creators and story lovers about storytelling. Imagine you're adrift. You've dropped out of college, unsure of your next move, living in the basement of a frat house. You don't really know what you're supposed to be doing or where you're supposed to be. A friend you knew in high school asks if you want to move to Fiji. Your answer will define the next seven years of your life. Our stories are defined by the choices we make and the things that are chosen for us. I'm Shane, and stories are my favorite things in the world. That is just a part of the life story of today's guest. Writer, poet, singer, yoga instructor, meditation teacher, freelance yacht stewardess, and model, Valkyria Whitlock. Valkyria is the author of a book of lyric poetry titled, I Love What I've Forgotten. You've got an ebook on getting into yachting. You're the founder of Orem Publishing House. Uh, you've got an event app in the works, a nonprofit focused on teaching kids meditation through virtual reality, which would be really handy during the pandemic. Uh, you're a restless, creative soul. Welcome, Valkyria. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, that introduction gave me chills, actually. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about story. I ended 2021 talking about the amazing life story of an artist named Vital Germain. You have a similarly colorful, world-spanning adventure. But before we get into that, my first question is always, what do you think makes a good story? I think something that you can relate with, something that inspires you, something unexpected that comes up, and something that makes you feel good at the end. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Okay, this is going to take a lot. (laughs) Let me see if I can summarize your life so far. The key points. You're from a small town in Idaho. Population when you were growing up was around 1,400. Uh, 90% white. Median income was around 36,000. So it's near Twin Falls, but it's not one of those rich suburbs. So you experienced uh, some trauma with men in your life. Your dad disappeared early with a meth addiction. You made it to college, though, where you thought you'd be a doctor but once you got to school, you tried a little of everything and nothing really clicked. You dropped out of school, went to live in Fiji with $50 in your pocket. <laughs> a few months later, you're in Florida in a hostel sleeping with the lights on. You got into yachting and diving. You went to the Hamptons to manage a house for a family that was going through cancer treatments. You tried van life, music writing in Australia. You went back to Idaho to train for Bike and Build, which is a cross-country cycling event to raise money and awareness for affordable housing. But sadly, you did not get the funds you needed. Uh, You also worked for, I think, a microfiber cloth kind of startup at the time. Um, Then you chefed on a boat out of Fort Lauderdale. Yachting life and relationships took you all over the place. Bahamas, England, Italy, France. Uh, You did a short stint in L.A. to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Croatia, Montenegro, you got your yoga and Reiki certification in Malta, uh, Netherlands. You even were a server for a poker tournament in <laughs> Brazil. Yeah. You were a yoga instructor in Costa Rica at a surf camp. You stayed at a female sanctuary in Fort Lauderdale. Then COVID hit. All that makes me dizzy. I hope I hit all the main points. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You did. That is that is the 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 crazy whirlwind story of your life so far. So you've seen and experienced so much in a short time. Mm-hmm. You just released your book of poetry, but I have to ask why poetry? Why not a memoir? You've lived an adventure story. Yeah, that's a great question, but really poetry, I chose poetry because it chose me. It's just something that naturally came 
it just literally comes to me in the moment. And the memoir I'd considered, and it's probably maybe something I want to do later in my life, but I don't know what perspective to write it from, really. That's one thing I feel that I will need someone else to come in and help me to to write it because each moment of your life, you know, you don't really know what points you can highlight because it changes how you tell your story means everything. Right. And you keep learning and you're progressing towards a certain area. But I feel that I need to understand my perspective a bit more like i Hopefully after I've lived a longer life <laughs> yeah. and I've accomplished some big things to help, you know, but. And has the traveling slowed down? Are you kind of settled for the time being? That's the hardest thing right now is I told myself in September that I would stay in Boise for one year so I could just focus on my projects, which is what I've been doing. And yeah, it is really tough because I you know I'm used to a lot of excitement actually which it kind of helps with my projects because then I'll like dive into that more or less but yeah you said poetry kind of chose you so talk about your creative process kind of walk us through how do you get the you know do the ideas come to you and then you keep it loose and just shape it as you go are you looking specifically at musical structure or any kind of like specific poetry I write by taking walks and being by myself and things will come to me usually melodically sometimes not Uh, sometimes the prose is just written in the moment while I'm reflecting and what I'll do is record myself just completely however it comes out not trying to judge it or make it fit in any sort of pattern and then I'll listen to it and write it out and then take out the parts that don't really make sense and kind of shape it into this is a structure, right? Like this part matches its own rhyming agreement. This part repeats itself, that kind of thing. Um, but it's definitely all creative writing. One thing that's hard for me is to know when to let something go. How do you know when a particular piece is finished. Do you feel like you could always keep messing with it? Do you ever look back on them and say, oh, I should have done this or that? Or do do you just know? It really depends on the poem, but I will tell you until I recorded the audiobook, I was constantly editing my book every time that I would read through it. Some poems have always stayed the same since they were first written, but some of them are, I felt that they could be improved. And I think that um, if I didn't have to stop editing it, I'm not sure that I would have. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had to honor that end date. I had probably 22 final copies. <laughs> okay, but I'm that's the I'm, process. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one with that problem. yeah so Walkyria Whitlock you've got an amazing name I think you were named for your Mm great-grandmother now Walkyria is the Icelandic and Old Norse pronunciation for Valkyrie and those were the women from Norse mythology that decided on the battlefield who lived and died kind of like a fate Whitlock Whitlock is an old English term for white hair so you're the white-haired Valkyrie now my last name is Savannah Pretty 
I've heard so many mispronunciations of that over the years and ending, having a last name that ends in pretty, uh, you know, I've heard so many jokes and insults and even come ons based on that. Growing up in Alabama, when the teacher first did roll call, I always knew when they got to my name, cause there'd be the pause just long enough for everybody in the class to turn around and look to see who had the strange name. So a name is a powerful piece of identity. Talk about how having such a unique name has affected your story and how people perceive you. So, you know, what's kind of funny about that is before my mom named me, someone told her, are you sure you want to name her that? Because that's a big, and it's made a huge impact on my life because I was always used to being different, you know, (laughs) as they're reading down the list, always there's a long pause and seldom was it ever said correctly. And to the point where I went by Kiri most of my childhood and middle school years. And so that took a lot of growing into actually, like, this is my name. My name is Walkyrie. I I worked on a boat where there was a girl who had a similar name to Kiri. So they had to choose a new nickname for me. And it just totally messed with me. I was like, nope, that's enough. (laughs) I'm just going to be going by Walkyrie. And if people can't say it, they can call it W. And it took a while to feel like, I deserved that name in a way. Uh, One day I was doing yoga to the song Ride of the Valkyries by Wagner. And I started crying because I felt like it was so powerful. (laughs) And I could actually relate to it in a way. I don't know. It was just like a beautiful moment. So you've lived a kinetic life after growing up in a small town. You visited more countries in the last seven years than most people will see in their entire life. Do you think all the constant change has been you searching for something or running away from something? Definitely believe that it's searching for something. I actually don't believe you can run away from anything. Like your problems are your problems and they're going to be your problems. That's something you realize too when you travel. But um, yeah, it was always searching for purpose, um, searching for understanding, um, searching for connection too. And that really came from learning how to connect more deeply with myself, which helped me establish my beliefs, which helps me establish the foundation, which helped me establish my vision. You know, I think I was just searching for that spiritual connection, really. Do you think you've found what you've searched? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's why I'm able to be here, I think, because I'm like, this is just for right now. And I get to choose. This is what I've chosen for right now. And I'm happy that I'm doing it. I feel like what I'm doing is worthwhile. And I pray every single day, which I never did growing up. I don't know. It's been such a special journey. I feel so lucky to feel that I know God, if that makes any sense, because Yeah, I just couldn't ever believe that that would be my possibility because I was atheist when I was in high school and I was very sharp and very stubborn and I just could never imagine that I would be how I am today, (laughs) which is great because I'm much happier. Well, you've seen and done so much. You're from a small, lower-income town, 
never left the States until the age of 20. And then you became immersed in the yachting world, which is very exclusive to the 1%. How has seeing the world and all the different cultures and all the different types of people, how has that changed you? It's made me more accepting, more open-minded, more empathetic. It's gave me a greater perspective, a deeper sense of knowing. One thing that happened very early in my traveling years was, okay, in high school, we had to read this book. It was called um, Hiroshima. And then we had to do a presentation afterwards where you could choose the book. I don't remember, but mine was on Hiroshima. And I said that it was a good thing that we dropped the nuclear bomb and I I was just doing it like from some very weird logical standpoint between like the amount of lives that would have been lost in either situation and then when I went to Australia and I was living in one of the hostels I met a girl who we just connected she was super kind super lovely and she happened to be from an area that was near where that had happened in Japan, obviously. And my heart like just broke. Like I couldn't believe, you know, once you make those connections with people, you stop thinking of things as like this life is more valuable than this life, you know, because it's just that you haven't been connected with that life yet. And yeah, I cried that night, (laughs) but Gaining that kind of insight and that kind of understanding, like that's also what led me to be plant-based too, was just, first of all, seeing the amount of waste that there was in tiny little island like Fiji compared to Idaho and that not even being a big part of the world. And I realized I could make that change there. But then I also noticed that the connection that we can have within any animal really depends on the amount of time that you spend together with that animal. And yeah, I guess that's one of the huge things in life is amount of time spent makes all the value, really. Let me go further. Since you're talking about meeting all these different people, you have literally had to rely on the kindness of strangers several times in your journey. Your life has been like a a stream flowing and these random people drop in your path like rocks and change the flow of your life. Every moment in your life when you went on a whim with a stranger to a faraway place, no money, sometimes no phone. So many times we've heard that same story, but with a tragic end. Do you think your story going forward is one of taking every chance because that's what life is all about? Or are you on a journey to kind of tame your impulsive nature? I guess I wouldn't describe myself as trying to tame an impulsive nature, but more understand why those things, I think it has less to do with chance, right? Like with how many times things have gone such a fantastic way. And actually the amount of times I've guessed the number on roulette, like (laughs) it's really truly, I believe about focus and Yeah, that's something that I'm obviously exploring right now in my life and to greater heights to see, you know, if my observations through my own experience in life can be something that you 
can put solid weight on and like those beliefs will hold me up, you know? Let me pick at that a little more. I don't want to ask you about regrets because every choice Mm -hmm. leads you somewhere. But what is something that you wish you knew when you started your journey? Dream as big as you can. Yeah. Stay consistent and don't give up. Those are three things. Because a lot of times what would happen was I was about like feeling the goodness that if something bad happened, I would see it. I saw it as a sign that I need to go in this direction. And I realized that that was a test of my commitment, really, that after reflecting on the situation, if I had stuck to it, then I would have overcome and actually been in a better position than I was in that moment without having learned those lessons. But um, yeah, I guess... I I guess what I'm trying to say is that those three things, I feel like I could have accomplished even more at a younger age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you're still pretty young. I know. (laughs) Let me switch gears a little bit. Um, I recently interviewed painter Heather Stadler. Now, she grew up in the desert. Now she lives on a peninsula and paints sea animals. You grew up in a landlocked state, but you spend much of the last seven years on, in, or near the ocean. What draws you to the ocean? Is it just compensating for the lack of when you're growing up or is there something else, something deeper? It's so calming, the energy of it for me. And it's, I just find so much comfort in the ocean, I guess, which is something that a lot of people can relate to. Just the sound of it, the feel of it. Um, I'm definitely a water baby, so now that I am back away from the ocean, I can feel how much of an impact it has on me. That's great. But, yeah, it's really that connection with that type of nature. It could be because I'm a fire sign. Who knows? It's about that balance, but, yeah. <laughs> are you going to continue the, the yachting life, uh, crewing on yachts going forward, or are you kind of winding that down? So my goal is to continue to work just on my projects. And so if I need to go back to yachting for money, I will. And that's, you know, a possibility perhaps in March. But at the moment, you know, everything's going great. And so, yeah, I'm probably not going to go back to yachting which I'm happy about, but yeah, I'm working on getting my own yacht someday. (laughs) (laughs) Got to dream big. I'm all about it. (laughs) I won't take up too much more of your time. Here's my last question. You're working on your second book. You've been a songwriter, travel blogger. You started your own publishing company. What is your best piece of storytelling advice? Know the message that you want to send. If you understand your why or your message for it, it'll be a lot easier to steer the course of your story. But Great. how's that? Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. And your, your message why right now is life is beautiful. Is that? Yeah. Perfect. Enjoy life. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Well, Kiria Whitlock, thanks so much for sharing your story <laughs> with me today. You can find out more about Walkiria's work at walkiriawhitlock.com or follow her on Instagram at walkiria underscore whitlock underscore. Her book of poetry and prose, I Love What I've Forgotten, is available now on Amazon. Thanks so much, Walkiria, and good luck getting that yacht. (laughs) 
Thank you so much. <laughs> you can watch more of these podcasts on YouTube. Subscribe to Spilled Ink Media. If you're more the audio podcast type, then find Beginning Middle End Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can tweet me at Twitter at Optional D. And we're just starting out on this journey, so any positive review, comment, or thumbs up really helps. Tune in next time as we unravel more great story threads. Thanks. The end. <laughs>